being a, a, a young father, I mean, I was actually talking to another person the other day about this, and we were talking about this, and someone said to me, he goes, do you remember what it was like before you were a dad? And I'm like, not much, you know? Like, I don't know if, I don't know if you had the same experience. I know I've talked to a few other, uh, few other people, and they kind of had that same experience where it's like you almost just, like, forget everything that kind of happened prior to that child you know, showing up in your life. And it's, it, it's a weird feeling. It's almost like, even though it can literally just be a 24 hour period, it's like everything before was like a distant memory. <laughs> Welcome to the business of parenting podcast. Tune in as we discuss the principles of successful parenting as a business professional. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, 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 what's going on podcast nation. It is Jason Harris here. And thank you for joining me on another episode of BOP. The Business of Parenting Podcast, where I get to talk anything and everything I want to talk when it comes to parenting. And if you don't like it, you can turn it off. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, don't turn it off. We're trying to kick off the show. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> today, I have an amazing guest with me. I have the one, the only, the infamous Mr. Brandon Smith. Brandon, what's up? How you doing? <laughs> doing very well, Jason. Thank you so much for having me. And, and if anyone's infamous, it's definitely you. Okay, thanks. Appreciate it. Hey, Brandon, man, we got some fun topics we're going to jam about today. And I really appreciate you just coming on and, and chatting with us, you know, it's like, you'd be amazed, you know, how many people have kind of reached out to that are just kind of, you know, they're, maybe they're a little concerned about just, you know, being real and authentic, you know, about themselves, you know, but I find in the automotive industry, but in many industries, but in the automotive industry, it's actually kind of hard. We're very authentic. We're very real. We're, we're kind of those, you know, uh, you know, like us or don't, we just don't particularly care. <laughs> you know. So I think it's great, but I think the automotive industry is just such a great place to kind of have this kind of conversation around because it's an industry that's very much so suck it up buttercup check it out the door you know not a lot of empathy not a lot of emotion you know bell to bell you know if you got a delivery on your day off management's like well when are you coming um you know just that type of mentality and i just think it, this is a great place to kind of really talk about how we balance this stuff out so let's before we kind of get into our topics let's talk a little bit um about kind of your your background so i'd love to kind of tell, tell me a little bit about just your, your, your professional life a little bit about your family life and then we'll kick off our conversation from there sure that sounds great so uh my name is brandon smith i am uh, i'm 36 years old uh this year uh back in february i turned 36 I am uh, married. My wife is a stay-at-home mom, thank God. <laughs> and uh, I have two young daughters. Uh, Thea is my oldest. She turns six in July. And Everly is my youngest. She just turned one in February as well. Uh, she actually is about 15 months old now. And uh, we're all home with COVID right now. So this gives us some time to do this, which is fun. <laughs> yeah. uh, but normally when I am working, uh, I am the sales manager at Steel Chevrolet in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. We are the largest GM dealership on the east coast of Canada, and uh, I've been in the automotive industry for about eight or nine years now, and uh, I've done a lot of different roles. I've been a salesperson, finance manager, sales manager, general sales manager. I've done uh, everything on the sales side I, I can probably think of, and uh, I still love the industry. I love growing in the industry, and, and uh, I am very passionate about automotive, but uh, not quite as passionate as I am about my family, so uh, I'm very interested in having our conversation today. Dude, it's going to be a great conversation. It really is. And, you know, like being a, a, a young father, I mean, I was actually talking to another person the other day about this. And we were talking about this. And someone said to me, he goes, do you remember what it was like before you were a dad? And I'm like, not much, you know, like, I don't know. If, I don't know if you had the same experience. I know I've talked to a few other uh, few other people and they kind of had that same experience where it's like you almost just like 
forget everything that kind of happened prior to that child you know showing up in your life and it's it, it's a weird feeling it's almost like even though it can literally just be a 24-hour period it's like everything before was like a distant memory <laughs> do you ever get that feeling too actually it's funny enough my, my wife and i were watching this show uh on tv recently it's just just a, a passive show we've had a lot of free time recently staying home with covid so um we're watching the show and it's about obviously a bunch of younger people and in, in doing their their social lives and i remember like it seems so so long ago right, now to have done right. some of the similar stuff and uh, and so alien and so foreign now i mean with covid and with kids and uh uh it, it just seems it's like a lifetime ago almost like a whole different if we were different people back then and i mean i guess it does, right? it does change you in a lot of ways but but it was so long ago it seems i know it's like thinking like hey let's make dinner reservations should we do it at nine or ten o'clock <laughs> who the hell like i'm in bed yeah. <laughs> like ten o'clock anyways anyways but but no i i mean i you know it's funny that's a good segue kind of to our first topic is is you think about just the way we utilize our time you know, and it's like I always kind of think about like a schedule and I got to be honest with you. I don't know about you, Brandon, but man, before I before I had kids, there was no such thing. I looked I did, did a schedule. That's what old people do. Right. You know, it's just like that wasn't something that I ever thought about maintaining. It was just time. Time wasn't, you know, configured into these blocks, you know, before before I was a parent. And once I came, became a parent, it was like, oh, my gosh. It was apparent, you know, that I had to do this, you know, and I had to block this in. And it wasn't just to block it in, but I also think through my career, I think as my career kind of evolved too, that's when I kind of got, you know, also as well, kind of like, okay, blocking, then parenting, and then you really started blocking things into it. But I feel like the schedule or the infamous schedule is still one of the most difficult things, I think, as as hardworking professionals and as parents that we try to kind of balance or maintain and I'd love to kind of get your thoughts on it and see if you've got any tricks on how you've been able to kind of maintain a proper schedule. <laughs> sure, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's funny. I, I, thinking back to, again, before kids, you know, I, I, I there was two times I had the, you know, work time and after work time. And now, um, you know, you're a dad all the time. And uh, so, you know, things have got a lot more fluid and you have to be a lot more flexible with your schedule because, um, you know, there's so many things that, uh, you know, you take for granted before you have kids that, once you have kids, you become a much bigger priority. So, um, you know, one of the things that my current role has afforded me the ability to do is to pick up my daughter from school every day, which has been, you know, a really, really, uh, really great thing for her and I. We kind of bond over it. Um, she gets to play on her playground sometimes after school. She gets to do all kinds of stuff. She catches me up on her day. She tells me all the things that happened that day, and it's been really, really nice. It's a nice break during the day, and, uh, you know, the the – you know, having a flexibility of schedule and being able to work a schedule mm -hmm. uh, to allow you to do things like that is, for me, has been really, really beneficial and really important. Well, I, I think um, one of the coolest things, and I think I, I touched on it, so I want to go down this rabbit hole a little bit more, right, is, is, is what is the byproduct of maintaining a schedule, right? The byproduct of maintaining that schedule creates routine, right? And I'm just trying to, like, I'm looking at the correlation between the importance of maintaining a, a, a routine within our professional life and how those kind of translate over, um, you know, having that routine, like you said, being able to pick up your daughter and spending that that time with them, that it gets to the point where she probably expects it. No. Oh, absolutely. The days where you know there's and then, you know flexibility is always key, especially in the automotive industry. Um, you know, try as I might to to block out certain times. There's things that come up that that aren't as flexible as your schedule is. So sometimes you know when my wife will go to pick her up instead of myself, she'll be like, you know, where's daddy? 
and uh, um, I'm sure my wife doesn't always appreciate that, but uh, um, you know, the routine is something that kids come to expect and it helps kids, I think, excel. And uh, you know, routine as an infant and as a toddler is important and routine as they get a little bit older and, and become more independent. Uh, my daughter's striving all kinds of ways to become more independent, it seems lately. She starts making herself breakfast in the morning now and um, getting herself dressed and, and sometimes overruling what I would like for her to wear and trying to what she would like to wear. Um, so that uh, the routine's important and, and it helps them develop a sense of, uh, you know, routine I think is really important, but it helps them develop that sense of, you know, what's expected next, how do I do this, getting ready for the day, getting ready for school, what happens when you come home from school. Um, it's, it's just it's it's super beneficial to have a routine um and then that allows you to to i think push in other areas well it, it gives you time it gives you to find time to grow right and i'm just trying to think like you know when i first started selling cars you know when did i actually start maintaining a routine because i tell you it wasn't like i just don't remember i don't remember necessarily growing up with clearly defined routines you know, it was, I mean, yes, there was school. So school kind of naturally generated a routine. Like you had to be there at a certain time. You got out at a certain time, you know, and stuff like that. And, and I think it wasn't probably until I was doing sports heavily. That's probably when I'm trying to, I'm going to try to think like, when, when, when did I take routine kind of to the next level? And, and that's when I think I, <clears throat> I started doing sports, you know, which I, which I think is interesting. Cause you know, I have some friends that, you know, weren't heavy into sports when they were kids. And, you know, it's like I can see how this 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 mindset of routine from a very early age, you know, did really affected kind of my professional life in a pretty big way. Was was routine a big part of of your growing up? It's funny. I, I had a really strong routine throughout uh, school and high school and I went to university and uh, my routine shifted drastically. It became, uh, you know, importance was placed on things like sleeping in. Um, you know, no classes in the morning, uh, staying out quite late, um, certain things like that. So during university, everything kind of shifted to more of a, you know, fly by your pants kind of routine and uh, make things up as you go. Yes. And I actually kept that routine probably a lot longer than I needed to or should have. Um, my wife uh, really was a big supporter of me getting into the automotive industry. Um, she understood that the 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 time uh, aspect of the industry was going to be pretty heavy and, uh, she was really, really great about it. Uh, we'd actually only been married about a month or two when I got into the car industry, mm -hmm. uh, did a big career change and, and, uh, man, she has always been really supportive of me. And then, uh, about, uh, you know, two years after I got in the automotive industry, I was a finance manager and we had our first kid and, uh, she, I was at work and she called me and she told me she was going into labor. And I was like, all right, I'll be right there. I had to finish getting my deliveries ready for the day so that the other business manager could take care of them for me. <laughs> and about, I think, 45 minutes later, she called the controller at the store because they were all friendly. And uh, she's like, is Brandon left yet? And, and she's like, no, I'll go check. And she came down, and, and the controller started just literally pushing me out of the office. Um, <laughs> because at the time, you know, you, you, it's, it was such a drastic change, you didn't even realize what was coming. For sure. And uh, so I went there, and she pushed me out, went and did the delivery. Everything was fine was about 36 hours later, I think my daughter was born. And uh, and then I think it was another 36 or 40 hours or so later, I was back to work because, you know, it was getting, you know, I was the lead finance manager at the time and uh, I was a very important cornerstone of that store. And mm -hmm. uh, there was a lot of pressure for me to get back. So 
you know, I think my my daughter had been born maybe three days. We were home for a day and a half, and I was back to work. So, you know, uh, even then, I love the fact that you bring that up real quick, right? Because, you know, I don't think in our, let's say maybe politically correct society, that I think people actually kind of look down on on that. You know, they're like, "What? You didn't spend time with your brand new newborn infant that." clearly will never remember those few those first few months anyways like I, I, I think the earliest memory i have is probably when i was like maybe six years old you know maybe five maybe five right <laughs> like um but but no i mean i think people kind of you know they, they look down on that they, they they see that and they're just like look you know that's that's not work-life balance i got oh man i oof. <laughs> people use that term and um I kind of, I kind of get like, like shivers down my spine because I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna want to say something, and I'm not sure if I should say it, right? <laughs> you know, because I just feel like they use this, this blanket statement to kind of, you know, judge on how other people are utilizing their time, and 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 see, for me, I look at work-life balance, and I perceive it as just how how deep is the time I'm spending at either one, work or life, right? Um, but there's People seem to think that there has to be this balance, but I'd love to kind of get your take, man. Like, you know, did you perceive that as being work-life balance? Did you get any, did anybody say anything to you when you were back at work just a few days later? Oh, it was, it was interesting. The, um, you know, being at the time I was a commission-only salesperson or a finance manager, and uh, my wife was a stay-at-home, uh, now she was a stay-at-home mom. And, uh uh, so, you know, there was a lot of pressure to, you know, provide and, and earn money. And, and um, so for me, it made sense to go back. And then, you know, you get back and there's some people who are shocked to see you back. And there's some people who are shocked that it took you so long to come back, even though it only been, <laughs> you know, a couple of days. And uh, uh, so I think there's still this, this wide divide. And uh, um, some people, you know, some people were really, really upset that I came back so soon. And, you know, other times they, uh, you know, they didn't understand that that, you know, you still have to provide, you still, there's no, I don't have a salary to fall back on. There's not, exactly. uh, there's not money coming in and there's a whole bunch of new bills. So, um, there is a pressure to get back to work. And, uh, with a second baby, you know, things are a lot different. Um, at this time now, I'm now more established in the automotive industry. I'm here at my store that I'm at now. And I took two full weeks off to, uh, you know, to be with the wife, to be with the baby. And, and, uh, um, at the end of the two weeks, you know, you're ready to get back to work as well, but it's a little bit more trickier because, you know, it's, it's really nice being around um, kids when they're newborns. And, and that time was really important in helping the wife get ready. But uh, we were fortunate to have so much more support this time than I did for my first baby. We were, we have family here with us this time now, and we had, uh, um, you know, just more support. So it made it a lot easier to go back. And, and I also had a salary this time to support myself a little bit as well. So it made it easier to take more time off. But when you talk about work-life balance, um, you know, sometimes there's these expectations that are put on you that mm -hmm. uh, are unrealistic, I found. And sometimes that uh, the pressures that you put on yourself are sometimes, you know, just completely internal and, and not even real. So uh, I was you know, That's a good you know, point. Can I, can I, I want to jump in real quick? It's the pressures, right? Like for you, and I think it's different for everybody, was some of the source of the pressure that you were feeling that you have to – I don't know, maintain this balance of a scale. Like I see this kind of proverbial scale and it's like one leans towards the other, to the left, to the right, you know, but was the source of the pressure coming from you or was it coming from outside sources? I'm just curious. 
Well, for for me, like I was, uh, I was really fortunate. I have a really strong team at my store, uh, and um, I think I'd been at the store about. I'm trying to think here now. Twenty-one. I've been there about a year and a half, and uh, the store is a really high-functioning store. It's a really high-performing store, and everyone plays a really important role. And for me, you know, I'm responsible for the finance department and some other things, but mainly the finance department and some of the non-prime stuff. And of course, while you're away, they're the other managers will kind of touch on the stuff, but it's more or less left to your own devices for them. And they're all very capable professionals. So I wasn't worried, but you'll get to a point and you want to make sure that the, the cart's still behind the horse and things mm-hmm. are still going the way you want them to go. So you put this pressure on yourself to get back because you feel like you play an important part of the store. And if you're not there, that part's not being played. So for me, a lot of the pressure was internal. When I got back, everyone's like, you know, you don't have to be back yet. You know, we we're everything's okay. I'm like, well, you know, I'm, I'm sure that's fine, but I'm happy to be back and, and I want to get things rolling again. So for me, I think it was a lot of internal pressures for the second baby. And the first one was definitely a lot of external pressures. Sure, I probably taken more time with the first yeah. baby and uh, um, enjoyed that, that process a little bit more the first time around. Um, and, but I was getting a lot of pressure from the store to come back. So, um, <laughs> but the second time around, there was no pressure from the store at all. It was all internal. So I think it's, you know, sometimes it's different even baby to baby. So no, you're hundred percent right. I mean, I remember, you know, my, my, I have three, right. So I have my oldest Lily, you know, my, my middle is James and then my youngest is Luke. And, you know, I think by, you know, by the time we had three, it was like, I was like, okay, I'm going back to work. <laughs> Catch you later. But see, at that point in time, it was tough with Luke for me because, um, that's when I just, uh, I, I just bought Cambridge Mitsubishi. I just took, I, 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 I was doing the principal i'm like oh geez like you know this is this is a whole nother level of of stress and and expectations right uh but but but, you know to your point and and thank you by the way for sharing that because you've just been very open and honest i appreciate that you know is the source of a lot of that pressure was not coming necessarily externally as much as it was coming internally because you know i just i just taken over this i just bought this mitsubishi dealership and it was just like okay like all of my years in the business, you know, uh, in, 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 in training and in, in coaching and developing and working for others and, you know, saving everything I could from money led up to this point. Like I had to be successful. And, you know, Brandon, I got to be totally honest with you, man. And I'm not like, I'm not excited about this. And it's something that I'll just have to kind of just live with. But the first two years of Luke's life, I really wasn't around. Like I really wasn't. Um, I did not maintain a balance. Um, now, see, I could have maintained a balance. It was my choice. I chose not to maintain a balance. I chose to put every, I think, ounce of my efforts, my, and that's not just time. I'm going to say like energy as well, right? Because there's a difference between time and energy, right? I put all my time and my energy into my business. And there was what my family was getting at that point in time, dude, honestly, was just the scraps. And, and, and for me, that's where I go when it's like work-life balance. It's not necessarily that I'm spending 40 hours on my, on my career and I'm not 40 hours on my, on my family. It's like it, it, it's, it's, it's the time that is being spent. It, you, are, you have that level of energy. You have that level of intention. You're being intentional with that time. And I think that what makes a big difference is kind of like, you know, when you were talking about your schedule, right? You're being intentional, you know, with that schedule. But, um, 
yeah, a lot of that, a lot of that pressure came from myself, not not from others. You know, I, even though I still think that there's a little bit of society pressure out there, but I'd love to kind of get your thoughts on that. Well, the I think for me, and, and you know, there's all these different societal pressures out there. Absolutely. Um, for me, I, I actually went through, I'd say like three different parenting phases so far, and each of them kind of was was capped off or or, or started by. This, this parenting epiphany that I had. So the very first one, when my daughter was born, um, you know, everyone has this moment when they're holding their kid for the first time and everything changes. <clears throat> and immediately, you know, I wanted to, ha- I had my daughter in my hands and I was holding her. And, uh, you know, I think I'm putting her to sleep one night or rocking her, or just talking to her. And, and immediately I just wanted to give her everything that I possibly could. Uh, I wanted to provide for her. I wanted to provide for the family. I wanted to have them the, the best life possible. So for me, I immediately went really, really hard into work. I pushed harder than ever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wanted to sell more than ever. I wanted to make more money than ever. So that really became working more than ever. And uh, thankfully, I had a strong support system. My wife is amazing. Uh, and she was really able to take care of the kid uh, at the time, Thea, my youngest. Mm-hmm. And I worked, you know, I worked bell to bell for a while, making, um, you know, as much money as I could, working as much as I could because I wanted them to have everything. Sure. And uh, and that was really great, and that led to me getting more opportunities. And I went to a different store, and then I was able to. At that store, I kind of had a second uh, epiphany where, you know, I was working a commission job because I had chosen to work commission. I really believed that commission was for me was an excellent opportunity because I controlled how much money I made. But the trade off there was that you worked as much as you could. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I had the opportunity to become a sales manager and it kind of coincided with this first, you know, or I guess the second epiphany that I had. And, uh, and that was that, um, you know, working all the time is not maybe the best idea, maybe being present and available for the kids and for the wife a little, a little bit more, you know, how to starting to develop a schedule and, and some expectations. A routine, right? Uh, yes. Had, had a benefit. So I became a sales manager with a schedule and, and, uh, you know, I made a little bit less money, but I was able to be present and still grow in the industry and learn more things. So, um, now I'm a sales manager and going there, but of course I'm a very competitive driven person. And, uh, for me, I, I ended up working almost just as much again. I had, uh, eventually the GSM that was there, I eventually replaced him and became the GSM and uh the day that i did that i worked bell to bell for three months straight at that store um as the only sales manager or there was no gm there was just me as the gsm and uh and then i had a team that i was growing and we were a really high performing store we had grown leaps and bounds uh when i first came there i think we were doing you know maybe 40 to 60 units a month and now we're up to about 100 110 units a month um or more like 100 and probably 150 and uh no, maybe 110. And, uh, but we were growing and everything was, was pushing. And, uh, you know, we worked Bell to Bell for three months straight. It starts to, you start to need a break. So we hired a second sales manager, which was great. Was able to get back to a schedule again. And, uh, and things are going well. And then, you know, the wife and I start talking again about where we're going, what's important, what's the plan. And uh, a second kid was on the horizon. We were talking about it, you know, trying to make plans and, um, one of the things that we had realized is we were working, I was working and living in Fredericton at the time, and it was just us out there. We had no friends or family, mm-hmm. uh, other than the coworkers that were with, which I still consider friends to this day. But, uh, you know, you don't go to coworkers, ask them for, you know, the same kind of help you get from other friends. So, um, but, uh, so we talked about it that maybe it was time to look at moving closer to home, which for, um, 
for myself and my wife was Halifax. And uh, so we, uh, I spoke with my dealer principal at the time, Dave O'Leary, who was um, an amazing guy. I'm someone I look up to and respect quite a bit and learned a lot from. And we had a conversation and I more or less gave him notice that I was going to be looking to move back to Halifax in like six or seven months before anything was even going to happen. And uh, uh, kudos to him. He kept me on. He understood what I was doing and he trusted in me to, to work to my full potential to my very last day which I don't think happens a lot in this industry. A lot of times if you 100%. say you're looking elsewhere, you get walked out. So, um, but you know, he trusted in me. And, and so I eventually that we had worked us to come in here. And then, uh, you know, probably my last epiphany that I had was, was kind of about halfway through this pandemic. You know, I had my daughter, my second daughter, Everly, uh, during the pandemic, she was born in February. Oh, Sorry about that. No Just worries. a second. I'm in the middle of my parenting podcast. Right. <laughs> oh, the joys of parenting. <laughs> hey, man, that's what it is. That's what it's all about right there, right there. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I don't even know if I'm going to cut that out because I think that's absolutely perfect. But we'll, I'll we'll, take a we'll leave it in. We'll leave it in. It's all good. It in, right? You know, but, but no, look, like, I, I'm curious because I'm listening to you. I'm kind of listening to these these different epiphanies that you have, and 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 kind of your uh, also your evolution, just kind of in business and and in management in particular. And I was thinking while we were while you were talking, you know, there, there's a lot of skill sets that go along uh, with being a parent, but equally a lot of as I think as many skill sets that kind of goes along as being a manager, a good manager, right? Like I think of a manager is equally a manager as much as they are a leader. You know, like a really like sometimes it's hard, but every once in a while you will find the, the that those two individuals and that one person, right? They can someone that can manage and lead people at the same time. But I feel like as parents, we have to do the exact same thing. Like it's one thing for me just to be able to manage, all right, my family and my kids, you know, when they're getting you know, my it's my oldest, she's in that tween age, you know, where it's just like, yeah, you know, so it's 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 but I'm, I realized recently that, that I'm being more of a manager and less of a leader. And I'm curious, you know, do, do you feel or have you kind of seen, you know, those transferable skills from, you know, from managing, leading over to parenting and kind of what's the connection you've, you've seen? Absolutely. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, it's funny. There's been also times where you'll get frustrated with a, uh, you know, one of your people that you're uh, responsible for at work or frustrated with your kids and you know sometimes I remember actually I remember one time I was really frustrated with my daughter Thea she was she wasn't listening she was kind of just doing her own thing we were looking to go for somewhat sometime and um you know just wasn't really being I guess for lack of a better word accountable or I wasn't being accountable to her and uh so I thought back to some some things as a manager you know if someone's not following your expectations there's three reasons why and you know they either don't understand uh, what you mean, they don't know what you expect, or they just don't care. And uh, so, you know, I kind of thought, you know what, maybe Thea doesn't understand what I'm looking for right now. So I, I kind of put on the manager hat and, mm -hmm. and use some of the manager skills. We had a little conversation and suddenly she was, everything was all good. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so sometimes some of these skills as a manager or, or a leader, you know, can transfer to being a parent, but you know, oftentimes 
some of the things that I learned being a parent, I've, I've transferred over to being a manager. Some, you know, I've become a lot more patient as a manager uh, after having been a dad, um, which I think is a, a good thing. I think patience is Im- an important skill for both being a parent and being a manager or a leader. Um, and you're right. I mean, I think a manager and a leader are very different things, but if you can find someone who is both, that is a, that is a worthwhile person to develop and, and keep and hang on to, um, because it's not very often will you find someone who is both. Um, a lot yes. of people become managers and think that they're automatically leaders when, um, you know, you can be made a manager, but you can't be made a leader. You gotta, you gotta grow into a leader. And I think the same, the similar for a parent, you know, you can be made a, uh, a father, but you, you know, it takes a little bit more to become a, you know, an involved parent or, or a dad. hundred percent. Um, but you know, being flexible and, and learning things and being patient. And then, um, you know, for me, a lot of the growth that I've had as a manager and both as a parent have come in these times where I've had to come up moments of, you know, self-awareness and, and getting a little bit of perspective on what I'm doing and kind of just looking at myself from, you know, 10 degrees or, you know, looking out yourself, kind of looking in, you know, if I was watching this, how would I expect myself to respond? How would I expect myself to act uh, either as a parent or a manager? And, and that, uh, that ability to kind of step outside your skin, step outside your body and and kind of kind of analyze the situation um, I think has caused me the biggest times for my growth. I was on LinkedIn I wrote a, a couple of articles called the confessions of a salesman where I looked back at my time when I was at Frank to Mitsubishi over a couple of things that were really big learning moments for myself. But, um, you know, I didn't really learn about them. Those moments didn't come in the moment. They came, you know, sometimes days, weeks, or even months later. Uh, one of the articles where I talked about a mistake I made when I didn't hire someone, you know, it was, a, I think it was two years later. I really looked back and I was like, man, I really, I was really wrong there. I really made a mistake. And, uh, and those times where you can look back and have these reflections and, and be critical of yourself um, and be critical of the decisions that you made or the actions you took uh, will allow you to grow. And if you can do that as a manager, you're going to become an even better manager. You'll become yeah, a good leader. Yes, and keep yeah. as a parent, right? same right. thing again. 100%. Look, I, I think, you know, some of the most successful sex, – success, what am I trying to say here? Some successful. of the most successful managers <laughs> – it's early in the morning. I'm getting tongue tied here. Absolutely. Right? That that I have ever met, um, kind of have this, you know, this uncanny ability to uh, be able to just, you know, acknowledge kind of their mistakes, but then really be willing to learn from their mistakes. You know, it's one thing to be able to acknowledge. I think a lot of people can acknowledge. Look, I made a mistake. All right. But I think it takes a, 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 a true leader to be able to actually learn from that mistake and then change it. And I love what you were kind of saying about, you know, that correlation between, you know, kind of coaching our team, developing our sales team, you know, uh, it, it's so similar to the way that we kind of have to approach, you know, our, we got to coach our kids. We need to develop our kids, you know, and it's like if we maintain those routines, some amazing things can happen. Like I, I know we're getting towards the tail end of our time, and, and I'm confident we can probably go a lot longer. But for uh, but before I let you go, Brandon, for for everybody out there that's watching and listening right now, who maybe like to connect with you, what's the best way to do so? Absolutely, I uh, I kind of touched on it there, but LinkedIn is definitely the best way. Um, I think my address is Brandon Smith at Steel Chev would be the, you know, LinkedIn, dot Brandon Smith at Steel Chev. I'm sure you can have a link on there somewhere. Of course. Uh, that would be the easiest way. I'm all, I'm on there frequently. Feel free to send me a message. I love to connect with people and chat. Um, love to help troubleshoot other people. I've actually you know, had a couple people reach out to me off for some other, other podcasts that we've done. So, uh, love to hear from people. The other thing too, just real quick is, you know, 
um, parenting is not an innate skill. It's something you need to work on. And, and uh, you know, asking for help or going to other places for help is will only make you better. It's not an admission of failure or anything like that. Is And the same thing's true of being a manager or being a salesperson. Uh, everyone should ask for help. Everyone should get help, and it will only make you better. But uh, really appreciate the time, Jason. So, Brandon, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for just, just being open and sharing your stories with us. And, you know, I'm sure people out there watching, listening, are going to pick up something from this, man. So really, really, thank thank you for just, you know, being open with us. You have yourself an amazing time. Thanks, Brandon. Thank you. I love our chats. Look forward to the next one. Thanks for tuning in to the Business of Parenting podcast with your host, Jason Harris. Don't want to miss new content? Be sure to check out the full podcast library at strategywithjason.com to stay in the know. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Happy podcasting.